0: Thanks for joining us on the Father's House Podcast, where we are bringing hope and impacting our community by leading people into a growing relationship with Jesus. We're so glad you're here, and wherever you're listening from, we believe your life will be transformed through this week's message. So let's jump right into it. Wow, you guys look so good today. We welcome you. We're so glad that you're here at the Father's House, Um, and we want you to feel at home. We just say, welcome home. And we just are so blessed and so thankful. Man, I just I just love our worship team, don't you? Man, that was so good. Wow. <clears throat> if it didn't take me so long to get up after I kneeled down, I was ready to kneel a minute ago. But if I do, I'll have to have AJ to help me up at that end of that. So in my heart, I was kneeling. It just takes me a long time to get up. It used to be I could just pop right up, but now it's like four or five moves before I get up. So I don't know if you feel that or not, but that's where I am. That's where I am. Hey, uh, we, just, we just love you guys. And we love, you know, we're growing and we thank God for the growth and we just give him the glory. You know, we're not smart enough to make this happen. We're not good enough to make this happen. When people come in and they say, I just feel the Lord. You say, you may have come today and as we're worshiping, you didn't really understand everything that's going on, but there was just something in your heart <clears throat> that you just felt the presence of the Lord. And we're so thoughtful for, thankful for that. Hey, let me ask you a question. How many of you are, are snowbirds? By snowbirds, we mean you live in a different place and you live here. Would you raise your hand? Wow, look at these guys. We are so thankful that as you, as you transition that you have a, a, a double residency. Uh, you have two passports there and here. But we want to be able to, to uh, follow up with you. So what I'd like for you to do, if you don't mind, everyone who's a snowbird, take your connection card out. It's this white thing right here. Put your name in there but then i'd like for you to put the address of your snowbird address your other address that you have you know the address where it's negative 16 right now and it's snowing (laughs) remember that so you you put that and then a contact number because we want to periodically uh follow up and check on you we want to be sure that you're all right So the only way to do that is for you to fill out that card. And then if you'd fill out one other thing, if you feel like it down at the bottom there, just uh, fill it out. When are you heading back to the other country? When are you heading back? Getting out of heat here when it gets like hell in the summer and going back. We just, we envy you. That's what we want to say. We just envy you. So fill that out when you're going to go because it helps us to plant, helps us to know, would you do that? And at the end, would you drop in your connection card there? And uh, we're just going to be so thankful for you to do that. I just feel overwhelming love in my heart today for all that God is doing here. You know, when you look around and see what God is doing, and I remember we started not with a worship team like this, but we started with a jam box. How many of you know what a jam box is? Yeah, a few of us that are old, we remember what a jam box is. It's a big old cassette player that you put on your shoulder and you bebop through town if you are, but we had it sitting down and we'd play uh, music and sing and remember and believe for the day that we'd have a great team like this. A great team like this. Amen. Not only this team, but the production team back there that makes everything happen, that helps all of you that are at home. Man, it just, I know, and, and there's no place to stop. I mean, our great parking team, our greeters, uh, uh, those who serve coffee, yeah, I mean, yeah, give them a hand. So, but there is a place for you. So we encourage you to get into Growth Track, first, second, third, and fourth Sunday of every month, and uh, it's getting fuller and fuller. We just we're just so grateful. Well, if you have your Bible, would you uh, hold it up? Your iPhone, your iPad, whatever you have. Let's hold it up today and say this with me. This is my Bible. <clears throat> it is life to me. Today I receive the Word. I confess my mind is alert, my heart is receptive. I am obedient and I will never be the same again, in Jesus' name, amen. Lord, you said in everything by prayer and thanksgiving, let our requests be made known to you. And so today, Lord, I stand here and humbly, I ask that the anointing that you've put within me would be manifest today. Holy Spirit, touch my words, touch my thoughts today, touch my emotions, give me insight, help me to see things that I've never seen before. Uh, I'm I'm open to Holy Spirit, what you would say today. We thank you for the wonderful people that you've sent us. Now, Lord, anoint all of our ears and our hearts to understand your word. Understand your word today, to take it and make it real in our life. And Father, at the end of this day, we pray that you might be glorified. And that the saints would be edified, built up. And that the enemy would be terrified in the name of Jesus. We started a new series last week, and if you weren't here, it's called Extreme Makeover Inside Edition. It's not the house edition, it's not the make up the outside, but it's on the inside. So what we've been saying last week is that you can make all the changes you want externally, but if it doesn't change in here, it's not going to matter. In fact, if a person is is without a home and, and, and so somebody builds them a home and they move into that, but if they don't have the heart of appreciation, And to take care of that, be a good steward, it won't be six months to nine months till, it's just a a shambled mess. Because they they have no heart of appreciation for that. It's sort of like if you got a million dollars in the lottery and you don't understand the principles of tithing and giving and good stewardship in six months to a year, that's going to be gone. And you will wonder, where did all that money go? You can have all the externals that you want, but if it's not right in here, you're not going to be satisfied. It's a patch-up job. So we said our theme verse for this is Galatians 5, and 23, and it has, the, uh, it has the definition and the explanation of the fruit of the Spirit. Now, there's multiple manifestations here, but there's one fruit, all right, one fruit. Would you read this with me out loud? When the Holy Spirit controls our lives, He will produce this kind of fruit in us, love, Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-enjoy. Wow. Wow. There's a lot of manifestations there of knowing that I have the fruit produced by Holy Spirit in my life. And it's not me producing, it's the Holy Spirit. So last week, uh, we did a little survey with you, and we've done the survey in several other areas, and we've simply asked, of all of these manifestations or the graces of the fruit of the Spirit, what are the top three that you need now more than anything else? It was interesting, the responses, but when we tally those up, I'm going to give you what was the third highest That We say we need now and then next week. I'll give you the second highest and then the following week I'll give you number one that we've all agreed. This is what I need more than anything else right now So are you ready? This is what you said number three the number three most important thing coming in third is peace say peace You know, we talk about peace in this nation as we celebrate tomorrow uh, great man Martin Luther King jr. We talked a lot about peace, peace between each other. We marched for peace. We protested for peace. We've been singing about peace. We've been doing all of that. But the sad thing is the majority of people in this world don't have peace. You can come here today, and for whatever reason, just, your, your life is in a turmoil. Your mind is in a turmoil. Your spirit's in a turmoil. You know, I'm going to show you a picture of a painting in just a minute. But this is the second most recognized painting among people of the art world in fact this painting was sold in 2012 for 120 million dollars let me show it to you here it is yeah that's it it's a painting by edward munch and uh it's a timeless portrait of anxiety basically it's a self-portrait of the anxiety and the fear that's in his life. See him there holding his hand. I mean, you, if, you know, if you had a little happy face there and hands up, you'd say, well, that'd be different, I'd like that. But $120 million, the second most notarized or noticed uh, painting outside of Mona Lisa. And I would look at that and I think, why is that happening? It's a story of, in fact, inscribed in the very top of the, of the uh, painting is this phrase, can only have been painted by a madman. And so people through the years thought somebody had uh, hurt the painting or they uh, wrote it there themselves, but they found that it was the author who did it there. It's a, it's a picture, a creepy mirror of looking and seeing how a lot of people feel today about what's going on. What am I going to do about my life? What am I going to do about my future? What am I going to do about my marriage? What am I going to do about my kids? And it's, it's just a torment. It's the opposite of peace that God brings. This week when I Googled, I Googled the word peace, and I came back with three over 3 billion responses. World peace, 1.7 billion. Inner peace was 215 million. The New York Times Magazine wrote an article a few years ago and said, in the 3,400 years of recorded history, the world has only been at peace for about 8%. Do you know how many treaties have been broken? All of them, right? I love this. Someone said, peace is the moment in history when people standing around are reloading. Now, we think of that in a war, but I want you to think, it just brought to me in my mind, and I didn't say this in the first service, that it's really what happens in a lot of conflict. Yes. Instead of listening to the person, you pause because you're reloading. Right. You're thinking, how are you are going to come back? I'm going to get them straight. I'm going to get them right. They're really off, and, and I'm going to do that. So peace doesn't happen like that. Peace happens when it's on the inside of. Our... When I say peace, there's a lot of different thoughts that happen in our mind. Uh, some people said, "Well, let's see, it's just that that place of, of of resigning that the Lord is my Savior, that He's with me." I love some of the uh, fun things that people said. Peace, like Pastor Chris said, peace is when I can get alone in the shower and have some quiet time. That's peace. I don't know what peace is for you, but I believe today that the Lord wants to speak to us and give us a picture of peace. Would you? you like to see a picture of God's peace? If you would, I'd like for you to turn to John chapter 14 verses 25 through 27. We're going to look at this. This is a picture of God's peace, a picture of God's peace. Now, let me put this in context. Jesus is in the upper room with his disciples his disciples. He went along and he said to people, follow me. And many of these guys quit their profession, gave up what they had, left it in charge of somebody else. And they began to follow Jesus because Jesus said, I'm going to set up an earthly kingdom. And they wanted to be part of that. And so they put all of their hope, all of their confidence in that Jesus is going to bring in this external peace to overthrow the Romans and bring external peace. And on this night, Jesus is saying to them, guys, I'm going to, um, I'm going to die. In just a few hours, I will be arrested. They will torment me, and then they will crucify me. So in light of that, I want to leave you with something. Now, you can just imagine what the disciples are feeling. Fear, frustration, bitterness, anger. Because I thought if I, if I served Jesus, I'd never have another issue. Now he's saying he's going away and he's leaving me on my own. And in the midst of that, here's what Jesus said. I'm telling you these things now while I'm still with you. But when the Father sends the advocate, the Holy Spirit, the encourager, the coach, as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and remind you of everything I have told you. I'm leaving you with a gift. Now, here he is. These guys, you've got to see this. These guys, are there's fear, there's worry, there's uncertainty. What's going to happen? Where are we going? And Jesus is going to say, I'm going to leave you with a gift. Now, if he's going to leave me with a gift at a time like that, I'd like for him to give me something that's going to totally change me, you know, externally. Give me, give me a level that I can move on. And he says, I'm going to give you a gift. Here's the gift that I'm going to give you. Listen to this. Peace of mind and heart. And the peace that I give you is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. This is the last meeting, and he says, I'm going to give you peace. I'm going to give you peace. Peace in your mind, peace in your heart. Some of you are so troubled by things, you can't even sleep at night. And you never live in silence because you're so tormented. You gotta have the radio on, you gotta have the TV on, you gotta scroll, you gotta do this, you gotta do that. Why? Because you're, you're afraid to just get alone with you. Because you see, you've tried a lot of external things to bring peace. Maybe it's uh, you know, how, how you drink. Maybe it's um, uh, you know, marijuana. Maybe it's just a happy night out with somebody you don't even know. All of those external things, right? Well, they, they last, it says, sin is good. And it's great for a while, but then the 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 result of that is not good. So there's some of you right here and, and this word, it's not an accident that you're here today because you're so troubled in your mind and in your heart because you've been trying to figure everything out. I can imagine the disciples trying to figure out what does this mean? Well, he's going to leave. How are we going to do it? How are we going to, this thing started and and there's, there's people that are being healed and changed and how, how how's this going to happen? And Jesus says, Here's the thing that you got to carry with you. It's not going to happen when you look for external things to bring you peace, but it's got to be my peace. What's he talking about? Here's the Greek word, and it's the word irene. Irene, and it means an internal state of tranquility. An internal state of tranquility. Always going back to the Old Testament to the Hebrews, the word was shalom. You've heard that a lot. Shalom means to extend peace to make whole, to wish you well. It doesn't mean that you'll never have any more difficulties, but the real peace of God is that when I'm in a storm and everything is around me, it's blowing, and everything is pushing, that I am able to stand with peace. Do I know how I'm going to make it through? No. Do I know what tomorrow's going to bring? No. But somehow, I can't explain it, but somehow in the midst of that, I can stand with an inner tranquility that I know... God's gonna bring it out right. How many of you have ever been in a storm like that and God's giving you that peace in your heart? Would you raise your hand, say, Yeah, that's me? Sailors talk about the cushion of the sea. And by the cushion of the sea, what they mean is you can go to the bottom of the ocean, to the bottom of the sea, and it's perfectly tranquil. I mean, if you were there in a sub, sometimes people have been there in a submarine. There's a typhoon. There's everything else happening. And when they come up and they surface, somebody says, well, you know, how'd you make it through that storm? Uh, what, What storm are you talking about? We were down at the cushion of the sea. The Lord sent me to tell you here today, that's what he has for you. A cushion of peace. That when everything is bombarding you, You can stand, and people say, how can you stand at a time like this? Andrea yesterday gave a great, uh, I don't know what you call it, it's a great uh, uh, eulogy of her mom. And I'm sitting there and listening, and I'm thinking, how can you do that in the midst of all the uncertainties that you have and all the things? But I know what it was. It was in the midst of a storm, in the midst when everybody else is falling apart, you can stand, and you got peace. That's why it's one of the fruit of the Spirit, the manifestations, is that peace. Do you have it? Do you have it? It's it's for you. Jesus said, my peace I deposit and leave with you. Notice, he doesn't say, I want you to manufacture peace, but he said, I'm the manufacturer and I'm the distributor. I'm going to give you my peace. And I think that's so important to look at. He doesn't just say, I'm going to give you peace. I'm going to give you peace, but he says, I'm going to give you my peace. As I've walked on this planet earth, as I've faced all the sins and temptations that you and I would ever face, and in the fact of knowing that tomorrow he's going to be scourged, and that he's going to be crucified, he's going to go through humiliation, be hung on a cross naked, he knows all that is ahead of him, and he stands in the middle of that, and he says, I'm going to give you my peace. So I'm looking at that, I'm thinking, my peace, what, what, but, re the Gospels. Do you ever read Jesus biting his nails? Say, what are we going to do now? How are we going to get out of this? How we? No, why? Because he walked in a place of peace, and he says, that's the peace that I want to distribute to you. I want to deposit it in your life, and when the Holy Spirit comes into your heart and into your life, you have the ability to have this kind of peace. Yeah. But then he says, look, don't be troubled. So there's a promise. And then after the promise, there is this whole thing about, now I want you to appropriate that piece. I want you to, it's it's like, say for instance, somebody gave you a billion dollars. I was going to say a million, but that doesn't matter as much anymore, does it? A billion dollars. And so they put it in your checking account. And then you tell somebody, you won't believe this. I have a billion dollars in my checking account. And then you're driving an old clunker that drops more oil than it does anything else. And people look at you and say, you got a billion dollars? Why are you driving that? And then you go home to a house that's in shambles and falling apart, and they look at that and they say, why would you live there when you've got a billion dollars in your checking account? But a billion dollars in your checking account does you no good unless you make a withdrawal. A withdrawal from something that is yours. It doesn't belong to somebody else. It's something that belongs to you. So God sent me to tell you today, he's given you peace if you're a follower of him and you have the ability to reach on the inside and say, I'm going to withdraw. I'm going to manifest real peace in this time. If you believe that today, give the Lord a hand clap. All right. You see, here's a quote from uh, Oswald Chambers that I really love. Would you read it with me? Peace is not the absence of trouble, but the presence of God. Romans 5 and 1 says, Therefore, since we've been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Let me talk to you about two things of peace. We talk about peace with God and the peace of God. Let me let me explain those. Those are, those are totally different. The peace of God is objective. The peace with God is objective. It's something that's outside of us. It's something that happened when we raised up our white flag and surrendered and said, I, I, I give up. I give up to you God I've been trying to live my life on my own and I'm troubled I'm living in a horrible way and in the midst of that I surrender by faith I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sins and he rose on the third day so because of that then I accept you in my life and now I have peace with God you see I can't get peace with God by myself That's why Jesus had to come. So you say, I have peace with God because of what Jesus has done in my life. Not because of how good you are, not because how smart you are, not because how you treated people this week good, but simply because you have a stand in God and you have peace with God. Now, the peace of God is something that happens in my life. It's when I walk around and I feel it. I know that I have the peace of God and I can say it is well with my soul no matter what I go through. I love this. Look at this. Jesus as Savior brings peace with God. Read that with me. Jesus as Savior brings peace with God. Jesus as Lord brings peace of God. You see, some of you don't know him as Lord. You've taken out fire insurance so you don't go to hell. But you've never moved beyond that. You raised your hand, you prayed a prayer, you walked an aisle, you prayed a prayer. But you've never surrendered your life. You've asked him to forgive you of your sins and to give you hope. But you've never moved beyond that. You see, when he becomes Lord in my life, my my whole attitude changes the first one there when he's my Savior he brings peace with God that I can't do anything with but when I see him as Lord well you see a Lord is somebody who's in charge of everything right so I if I have a Lord I say okay it's it's all yours my car my house my finances my life my hope my dreams they're all yours and if I know him as Lord then it brings the peace of God in my life and I'm able to walk through storms. He said, look, I'm leaving you a gift. It's peace. And then he says, don't be troubled or afraid. Yep. It's a promise and a command. He says, you have a responsibility to appropriate okay. this. You see, it's, it's interesting there when you look at that, that phrase, don't be troubled or afraid, is in what we call the present passive imperative. That just means here, this is how you would literally translate this. Stop an action you're doing. Stop being stressed out. Stop being overly anxious. Stop that. Why are you doing that? Why are you looking to things in the world that's going to bring you, I just need a little peace right now. I just need a little break right now in the midst of that. And and, and so the more I do that, the more I'm letting that worldly thing become my Lord and less of Jesus becoming my Lord. But when I'm able to say the only thing I'm turning to for peace is you, Jesus, because you're my Savior and you are my Lord. How do we keep peace in our lives? Philippians 4, 6 through 9 says it like this Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and then thank Him for all He's done. Then, look at that. Then you will experience God's peace. Now, He's talking to people that have already had the peace with God, but now He's talking about that you're going to experience God's peace. And it exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And then he gives us a remedy, and it's called fix. Would you underline that in your, in your scripture there in verse 8? It says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one thing I want you to fix. Just underline that. Look at that. F-I-X. Fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, and pure, and lovely, and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy. Look at this. Verse 9, look at this. Keep putting into practice. In other words, here it is again. It's that, it's that command. You've got to do something about it. It just doesn't float in. If you sit around and watch TV all day long and never read the word and never pray, then no, there's no wonder that you don't have peace. Yeah, you may be saved and you're going to heaven, but you're living a life like you're in hell right now because there's no peace. Why? Because you're not you're not putting into practice all that you've learned from him. He says, then the God of peace will be with you. So F stands for filter the noise. Filter the noise. We have a lot of busyness of noise, don't we? This, that, everything tries to get our attention and pull that. That's why some of you have been fasting uh, social media this week as you're, as you're seeking God. Why? Because you want to cut off the noise. But it's amazing how many people love to live in Noise because it distracts them from who they are. You ever notice people that radio's on, the TV's on, something else is on, why? Because it's noise that grabs our attention. But here the scripture says, no, filter out that noise. It doesn't say delete it because you can't delete it. But fix your thoughts, fix your thoughts on, you hear something come in, all right, so you say, well. Am I going to believe that, or am I going to fix my thoughts on what the Lord said? And then I stands for investigate the truth. Paul said in his his letter to the Philippians, continue to investigate God's ways. Here's what he says in verse 9. Keep putting into practice all that you've learned and received of me, and the result will be the peace will be with you. The X here stands for X out the enemies of peace. X them out. All the enemies of peace, fear, anger, guilt, frustration, worry, <clears throat> feelings of inadequacy. The X there is not just a little cute ending for this acronym, but the X there really in the Bible is a symbol of the name of Jesus. It stands for, it's the sign of Christos. It's the, it's the, the, the letter, it's the symbol of the name Christos. So sometimes when people see at Christmas time X must, they feel like people are Xing out the Christ of Christmas. But really, the understanding of that is that X is short for Christos, which is Christ. So they're not Xing out necessarily. I'm not saying everybody does because some people will. But do you understand what I'm saying? It's saying here's the way that you really celebrate is through Christos, through the X. So here's what I'm saying today: you need to let. Christ, the Christos, acts, acts out the things. You can't do it with the counselor, you can't do it with a pastor, you can't do it with a 1 800 number, but it's Jesus. And he said, it, the scripture says, peace that passes understanding. I can't explain I wish I could say, A, B, C, D, this is how it is. No, but I'm saying, why in the world, if the Lord wants to give us peace, would we constantly keep fretting, fretting, frustration, worry, and and anxiety? We don't know what's coming ahead. No, we don't know what's ahead, but we know who sits in charge of what's ahead, right? So so look at this. 2 Corinthians 5 and 18. He included everyone in his death so that everyone could be included in his life, a resurrection life. He wants to give us a fresh start, a new beginning. I don't know if you've ever read the book or seen the movie Peace Child, but I would recommend that you see it. I think it's on Netflix and some of the others, and you could probably pull it up on, 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 your, uh, on your phone or whatever. But it's a true story of Don and Carol Richardson. In 1962, they felt called of God to take their family to New Guinea to the tribe of the Sawi people. Now you say, well, that sounds interesting. They're going there to help them. But you got to understand the Sawi people were headhunters. They were cannibals. And they valued treachery more than anything else. And so here they come in the midst of that, not knowing the language, so they have to take time to learn the language. And as they're learning the language and making themselves available and helping them, they brought tools and stuff to help them to build houses and do things so in the midst of all of that and so as they learn the language Don is trying to explain to them about Jesus and how that he gave his life for us and so he's telling the story he's walking through it and he's telling the story about Judas and he's talking about how that Judas betrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver And the Sawi village started cheering and clapping and stood up. Why? Because Judas was the hero. Because in their culture, the more treacherous you were, the more that you could coop up something like this. Because, you see, what they would do is they would try to befriend somebody of the other tribe. In fact, they would invite them over. They would feed them. And basically what they were doing was fatten them up. Then they would kill them. And then the village would feast on The person's body. And so Don is saying, How in the world can I ever? Because you see, they did acts of kindness to them were something that you would never want. But the more treacherous, the more revengeful you are, the better you were. So Don said, We didn't know what we were going to do. But while we were there, we learned of something called the peace child. That if this nation was warring with the Sawi tribe, This nation could give their firstborn the leader of that would give his firstborn to the sawi people you say oh wow they're gonna like behead and you know take no this is a peace child the sawi people when they received the son of a warring tribe here's what they would say there's no more war with us as long as this peace child lives we have peace we have peace because of the peace child. And Don said, and there it was. He said, I began to tell them how that our nature is warring against God. And there's always battles and always wars. And we try to change and we can't. But God knew we couldn't change on our own. So God sent the peace child. He sent his only son to die for you and me. And as long as, that, as we receive that peace child, as long as we do that, there can be no war in our life. You say yeah but he 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 died no but on the third day he rose again you know where the peace child sits right now he sits at the right hand of the father and he's looking at you today and saying i want to give you my peace i want to share my peace with you let me ask you this question where are you spiritually not where you pretend to be but where are you spiritually have you experienced the new life and the peace with god that jesus brings can I tell you some good news today? Jesus wants to give you a fresh start, a new beginning. Look at this last verse. Are you tired? This is Jesus talking. Are you tired? Are you worn out? Burned out with religion? Come to me. Get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me, work with me. Watch how I do it learn the unforced rhythms of grace i won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly you say well could you just sort of sum up everything you said today sure here it is in one sentence look at this it's in your notes keep playing games and avoid peace Or pursue God's fix and exchange your restlessness, your fear, your anger, your guilt, your frustration for his rest. I want to pray today, first of all, for those of you that are Christ followers. But you're living a very, very miserable, restless life. It seems like you're always in conflict with other people. Conflict with yourself. Why? Because you haven't let him be Lord. Learn of him. Walk with him. And so today, I want to pray for you. Could we bow our heads? Father, I pray today that for people that are struggling and, and there's just no rest in their life. Lord, you just said in your word here that you give us Your rest and so I pray today that those of us that are here that are Christ followers would begin to appropriate the peace that you've given us as you continue to pray there for yourself and think about where you are let me talk to those of you who've never who've never experienced peace with God I didn't say those of you who come to church but those of you who've never experienced the peace of God Today, it's not an accident that you're here, but the Lord wanted you to know that he wants to bring peace into your life, forgive you of your past, give you a purpose for living, and a hope for eternity. If you're here today and you say, Terry, today's the day. I'm tired of being at war. I'm tired of struggling on my own. But today's the day that I just want to wave the white flag and say, I surrender to Jesus. I surrender to him today. I know there's only one way to get to heaven and to that peace with God, and that's through Jesus. If that's you, would you do this right now? Would you raise your hand to make eye contact with me and say, Terry, that's me. Today, I need to make that decision. I need to surrender my heart to the Lord for the first time or rededication. Thank you. Others today say, yep, that's me. Those of you who are watching online, just raise your hand. raise your hand right where you are and say yep that's me because i need that peace i can't keep struggling the way that i am let me lead you in a prayer we've all prayed this prayer at one time or another pray it with me father god thank you for your love thank you for sending your son to die for my sins i confess with my mouth and i believe in my heart that you are lord as best as i know how i want to serve you all the days of my life fill me with your spirit In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us. If you said that prayer and surrendered your life to Jesus, it's the best decision you will ever make, and we would like to celebrate with you. We have some tools to help you on your journey. Simply text DECIDED to 352-329-2301. That's 352-329-2301. Join us next time as we continue to love God, love people, and make disciples.